As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Today's episode of Pit Panther Rants and other sports rants podcasts is brought to you by The Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find an intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org. Or open Instagram and type in at SportsDrink, that's SportsDrink without the vowels. All we ask is you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Alright guys, welcome to another Pit Panther Rants, another Sports Rants podcast. What well, Irish host, brought to you by, of course, the Sports Drink. And of course, it's been a fun time. We have college football expansion is heated up. So we get to talk. We get to talk. You know. So basically, this podcast will be mostly about college football expansion. And um, yeah, it's probably going to be a boring, um, maybe a boring podcast. But maybe we'll live. We'll live it a little bit. We'll see. I mean, you know, what can we do? First of all, guys, happy Friday to you all. But we'll talk about some other stuff as well as, you know, all this crap. Um, I hope you guys, had, it's Friday, and I hope you guys had an amazing 4th of July. Yeah, an amazing weekend. I mean, I had my birthday that weekend. I'm 43 now. I'm 43 and I'm podcasting and I'm on Twitter. Yep, I'm 43 and I'm doing that. My dad at 43, I'm sure was, what was he doing this time This time of the year? Uh, he was basically at the pool, you know, in our backyard, because we had a pool on a deck, drinking beers and, you know, listening to music. But no, I'm hearing, you know, podcasting. Of course, I don't have a pool, you know, my my house. You know, I can, I can get one of those pools, but of course, they need a deck and a green cooler, but... I don't really drink a whole lot of beer as much, so that won't work. So what? You know, what else can we do? So let's talk about expansion. Uh, UCLA and USC went to the Big Ten, and I really, you know, I don't really get the logic in this. Uh, I know the Pac-12 has been suffering. And, you know, they've been suffering in terms of, you know, just the cloth. I mean, they don't, they don't care the cloth they, that, that they used to have. And I think also being on the West Coast doesn't help much because their, game, their games are late. But, I mean, they've had some plenty of good teams. I mean, they've had lots of great programs. I mean, 
I mean, when USC is on, they're on. That's what makes it exciting. But when they're not, they're not. I mean, they after when, after Pete Carroll left. I mean, when Pete, I mean, USC for the most part, if you look at their records, I mean, they've always they've they've hovered around the eight and three, seven and five type of season every year. Then the Pete Carroll era happened, and they were eleven. I mean, Pete in his uh, second year, they were eleven two, then twelve and one, thirteen zero, twelve and one, eleven. I mean, you're seeing the thing. Pete's final year, they were nine and four. Lane took over, and he had you know two decent years. A lot of it was probably with um, Pete Carroll's players, but of course they got slapped with a whole bunch of um, you know uh, punishments as well. I guess Lane, of course, um, got fired in his fourth year. They finished ten and four. And that's because Ed Orgeron took over, and he, you know, he pretty much wrote the ship. And then Clay took over, Clay Helton, and they had some good years. It looked like. I mean, they won a Cotton Bowl and a Rose Bowl, but then he, he went five and seven, eight and five, and then he um, he went five and one the pandemic year, and then he was replaced. And twenty twenty one, and then um, now they have um, Lincoln Riley, who's hoping to um, you know resuscitate things. Uh, the UCLA Bruins is a different story. Well, I mean, the UCLA did have some good years under Jim Mora, and then things fell quickly. But if you look at their Resume since 2000, you know, they've won a Sun Bowl, some Sun Bowls, Vegas Bowls, Emerald Bowls, Holiday Bowls, Elmo Bowls. They haven't actually won an actual, you know, what they consider, you know, a major bowl game. They haven't done a whole lot. In fact, the last Rose Bowl they were in was 1998 with Bob, you know, Bob Toledo was their coach. I think that's when they had, um, and that's when they had Cayman down as their, their quarterback. But um, if you look at the resume here, they haven't really... UCLA hasn't really done a whole lot compared to what USC has done. But I think what's really going on here is Money is not being made in the Pac-12. UCLA has money problems. USC needs to be able to compete with the other big programs, especially with the NIL, all that stuff. I mean, they paid a whole bunch for Jordan Addison, for God's sakes, and Lord knows who else. And there's a good chance that these programs may not recapture their um, their magic. You know, USC may not get back to the Pete Carroll years. UCLA may never get back to the God knows whatever years. Uh, what's, I mean, I'm looking, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the USC, UCLA's stuff here and I'm, I'm trying to look for UCLA's golden years and I can't find them. I mean, there's no, I mean, at least Pitt had a golden era, but these guys haven't had a golden era. So what's so freaking great about them? 
That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, they never, I mean, maybe the Terry Donahue years were the, were the, were the um, golden era of UCLA football, but I don't see anything else. Maybe, maybe the basketball programs are luring to the Big Ten. I don't, I don't know, but obviously they wanted, you know, the, the LA market with USC and UCLA and there's just nothing here. But there could be a few things, maybe one thing that's attractive to the for, for USC that or Southern Cal for the most part that you know that does attract effectively my California geography here because let me see. Let me look at the campus for Southern, you know. Do I have this right? I mean. Yeah, they're in LA. So what could be what could be alluring about LA? Let's see. Hmm. Maybe that's the reason. It doesn't rain in Southern California. Tony, Tony, Tony. You know, they had a nice run between, I think, what was it, 91? And not, maybe 95, maybe? Because, you know, they, or, is it, or is it 92 to 95? They had a nice little run. I mean, they had this album, and then they had, I think, when I was in ninth grade, they released the other album where that song, I think, was called, was it Loot? Yeah, this song. I was like, I was like, I was like in eighth grade going to ninth grade in the high school. And this, um, I remember this song came out. It was a pretty big hit during the, you know, during that summer. I mean, it was one of the main songs of the summer. I mean, I would flip on MTV. You'd get this song, you'd get SWV's Week. Um, there was a whole bunch of other ones that I can't think of. Shoot. Oh, Stone Tone Pilots. I mean, uh, one of their many hits. I think Plush was one of them. One of those, you know, was, that was always getting played. I mean, there was nothing, there was nothing like turning on MTV in the mornings. And they would start playing these videos. Uh, there was Womp. There it is. I mean, there was that. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, Tony, Tony, Tony had really had a pretty nice run. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's the weather. It's alluring to you know that whole thing. But I guess this was trying. I guess this was their attempt to get Notre Dame to join a conference. But you know, USC and UCLA um, getting to join your conference isn't going to get Notre Dame to join your conference. Notre Dame will align with you possibly, but the Big Ten isn't going to do that. They're going to they're say you either join or you don't, and it's just those two schools just don't enough. It's you know to do that. I mean, all they did was add more mouths to feed. I mean, that's really all this is. I mean, I guess it's an arms race between the big, the big and the Big Ten and the SEC, but. 
I don't know. I mean, it's countering, you know, the, the additions of Oklahoma and Texas to um, UCS, USC, UCLA just really, it just doesn't, to me, it's just not appealing. I don't think it's much of, much of a counter counterattack looking back at it. So what's happening on Twitter? Is there anything that's changed at all? Uh, you know, and there's talk now of a Big 12, Pac-12 merger. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. I think if the Pac-12 is going to merge with the Big 12, it's got to be worth their while. You know, they got they got real, they got to learn what's what's coming out of their other other media deal. And if it's really worth it to merge with the Big Twelve, what what's keeping the ACC alive is their media markets. They have more media markets than the Big Twelve does, a lot more. And you know, the Pac Twelve, they want more media markets. They can easily grab them. I mean, you can grab TCU in Houston if you want to do that, or if you want to avoid the red tape altogether, you you go and you grab SMU. Southern Methodist, which is you know in the, in the Dallas market, and you grab um, rice from the Houston market. I mean, if you do that, I mean you're grabbing uh, two me markets, Houston and Dallas, two big ones, without any red tape from the Big Twelve. I mean, it sounds stupid, yeah, but if you're looking for me markets, it's pretty. That's your easiest point. So I, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. I mean, the thing about the with, with expansion and what's happening is we're not going to know until it's announced. Until then, there's a whole bunch of rumors. Now, there's talk of an alliance between the, the, the Pac-12 and the ACC, which pissed off a lot of people because a lot of people are rooting for the the, the, the the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to merge. They're the biggest. There's a lot of cheerleaders in this. And there's talk about the grant of rights being um, nullified. And, you know, Florida and who else? You know, Florida State, Miami going to the SEC. Uh, the thing about that is, well, I mean, they could get in now because there's more members. And Florida, Florida's vote probably doesn't have as um, much power and influence. You know, there's that. Same with Clemson. I mean, there's lots of possibilities. But, I mean, there's talk of the Big Ten going after Georgia Tech. and I mean, I would definitely do that. I mean, if I'm, if I'm you know, the, the big, you know, if I'm on the Big Ten. But at the end of the day, we're not going to do anything until it's, you know, if anything. Notre Dame is more likely going to stay in Pat where they're at. And I think the Big Ten is going to stay where they're at and see how everything sorts out. Now, as I scroll on Twitter, there's a lot of talk about <clears throat> the ACC dying. Let me see here. Yeah, but I mean, Pitt wasn't. I mean, if you remember, Pitt wasn't mentioned much in the uh, expansion last time, and in uh, one day there was a, there was an article late at night saying they were discussing with the ACC along with Syracuse. So, I mean, if anything, teams may stay on path. I mean, the Pac-12, I think. I think if they want, I think their first priority is to keep the league alive in some way, and I think that's what they're going to explore first. 
because I don't think they're going to make a jump and merge with a conference like the Big 12 that didn't have any stability to begin with. You know, unless you know, unless it's worth worth it to do that. I mean, do you want to abandon your other conference and go somewhere where you may be in the same situation? It's hard to say. And Pitt's never going to get in the Big Ten. That's just how that is, and that's fine. But from as a Pitt fan, if the ACC is still intact. If, uh, if they lose teams and they still keep their P5 status, then fine. You know what? It is what it is. We'll keep, you know, we dealt with this when we were in the Big East, when we lost teams and kept our BCS status. It's going to be no different. I mean, if we can just win the conference and get a New Year's, uh, you know, one of those New Year's Bulls, it's, that's fine enough for me. But I think the Big Ten is done for now with what they were doing. The SEC is probably done for now. I think, that, if anything, they're going to sit back and watch the carnage happen. Anyways, we're going to move on from this, but recapping all this, USC, UCLA go to the Big Ten. Notre Dame says whatever. And right now we're just at a standstill. There's a lot of scenarios. Like I said, Pitt's best scenario. I mean, if they end up in the – they could stay in the ACC and pretty much – if they can keep their P5 status in the ACC, then they're, you know, we could probably, you know, get our – of course, get our New Year's Bowl, you know, our, you know that – New Year's Day Bowl or whatever, like we like we did, like the Peach Bowl or whatever. That's all that matters. You know, I love it when West Virginia fans tell us we, you know, how our program adds nothing; it's it's useless. But then they they brag about buying our tickets. You know, they they, they brag about purchasing tickets off us to go watch their team play in Pittsburgh. That's just, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of probably one of the most weirdest flexes in, in, in you know, in history. Uh, I know that supposedly the kid from Florida, a kid uh, decommitted from Penn State and he's committed to Florida. And I guess there's some, the message board geniuses post, I guess, some, some you know, some stuff about him. You know, I just, I tweeted, I'm, I'm surprised you know, they haven't posted the kid's phone number or the company's dad works for. Because usually after a loss, Penn State, they have a habit of posting, you know, the referee's personal information and you know, their house and what it looks like. Ugh. So I saw a tweet the other day about, you know, pick a, uh, pick a song that, rock song from the late 90s, early 2000s that still hits hard. And... I picked some forty-one fat lip because obviously it still still hits, but let's let's take a look at two thousand one because that's when it came out and you know that was my like junior to senior you know year where I was a junior going into senior in college and I just remember two thousand one was like summer two thousand one was like a big party and when nine eleven happened it was like somebody pulls the plug on the stereo or the jukebox but. We're gonna look at some music from that, from that era, because it's you know it's a you know that that year was a, that's especially that summer was a pretty hard hitting you know, thing here. So let's let's give a look here. All right, number the number one hit from uh, the you know July fourteen two thousand one is Usher. You remind me. 
I'm not going to get too hard into this. But you also remember, this was like, um, this is when like Kiss FM started. And uh, Kiss FM and B94 were in a competition to see who could play the same five songs over again. And unfortunately, B94 lost out again. It was it was nice when they came back. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, the time you had, um, let's turn this down. You had um, Variety 96, I think. Or, I mean, I don't think Bob was, in, Bob was in yet. I mean, you had that. You had a lot of, we had a lot of classic rock stations. Lord knows how many we had. We had Whammo, of course, and we had the Jazz Station at 104.7. And I think, there, I mean, I think by that time it was a talk radio at that time. That, you know, it, it went through so many transformations. But I think people were looking for like a, um, a crossover between like rock music, pop music, and like, you know, hip hop, R&B. And that's where Kiss FM filled the void. They played all the popular hits. From all the genres, so you didn't have to go to Whammo to listen to you know, hip hop R and B. You'd have to venture back to the 105.90X to listen to you know that music, you know, which was alternative, whatever they played. You'd have to go to DVE, or you could go just right to that station. You could go right to Kiss. So we have that. That's Usher. You remind me, but let's look at number number two song. Uh, Lifehouse, Hanging by a Moment. Alright, let's skip this shit. Alright, we're done with this. Alright, let's go to the next one here. Now this one you all gotta remember. And of course, I hope it doesn't play a fucking ad. Oh, yeah, here it is. I remember me and my friends, when this song came out and the video, I mean, we freaking were amped. I mean, we don't, we normally didn't really listen to any of these artists. I mean, I I used to listen to, I used to jam the little Kim. I mean, I had one of her albums. But I remember... I mean, we would be driving, the song would come on, and we would get amped. I mean, we were pumped. I mean, it was, I mean, I mean, you had the all four girls, like, lingerie, dancing on, I mean, you couldn't go wrong with it. I mean, it was an awesome video. But what's crazy about these four ladies, uh, Christina Aguilera, Pink, My Little Kim, Pink's, Pink's the only one that's still consistently releasing material. Like, she still releases albums, and they do ver- fairly well. Lil' Kim, I guess, she released, I think, one or two more albums, and she kind of faded off in the sunset. I mean, she was in jail for a bit, and of course she's, I don't know, Lord knows what happened to her after that. I mean, she had a kid, and Maya faded out as well, Um you know, in, in the music industry, there's a lot of politics, and supposedly, from what I read, I guess there were some people in power that wanted her to do some things, and she didn't want to do them, and that was that. 
Uh, Christina Aguilera still, I mean, she's still releasing music, but not as much as she used to. I mean, she does those, you know, those, those, you know, shows. And well, I think what does she have? She not too long after this, she released um, "Stripped," which was her big album. And I think um, there was one album she did, "Bionic." I think it was that it was that techno pop type of album. I guess that, I guess that. Uh, that Lady Gaga was famous for at the time, and that album bombed, and she released that burlesque that burlesque um, thing, and that bombed as well. Yeah, Pink was pretty much, a, you know, the, the only, you know, really the only um, person that consistently released material. And let's not forget this song from 2000, summer 2001. Another, another uh, jam involving two female artists that... Uh, you got you got that got you hyped up. I mean, if you want, if you you know, if you really wanted to get the party going, I mean, you got. I mean, these were these were stuff. This was stuff you had to play that everybody would like. And of course, that was "Let Me Blow Your Mind" by Eve and Gwen Stefani when they started teaming up. Uh, let's not forget Blue Blue Cantrell. And let's go to Jarol and Jennifer Lopez. You know, um, Jennifer Lopez is one of the many bags that Jarol fumbled. Um, he was doing a whole bunch of... Once uh, J-Lo left um, Puff Daddy... She started doing work with Jarrell, and I guess he was bragging about sleeping with her, and then she stopped working with him. And between that and Fast and the Furious, I mean, there was a lot of bags that Jarrell fumbled. I mean, you know, his career came. I mean, he was losing. Two thousand two, two thousand three, he was starting to lose his. Um, you know, you know, everybody fades into the softs you know, in the sunset. But you know, Fifty and Eminem, all of them came in. But let's uh, let's do this one then. Now, this is the song I said still hits hard after all these years. It does. I mean, this was like a Beastie Boys type of type of track. And then it just it, it goes like a pop punk thing. Pretty, uh, pretty clever. But let's take a look at some other hits during this time. Let's see, you had a Ride With Me with Nelly. Um, you have Pieces of Cream, which we played before from 112. You had Drive from Incubus. I hate that track. I mean, I was an Incubus fan, and that's one song I couldn't stand from them. Uh, Get Your Freak On from Missy. What Would You Do from City High. And of course, you had Uncle Cracker with "Follow Me." I mean, there was a whole bunch of these. Uh, let's see. Uh, don't forget, Stain was pretty big during that during that summer as well. Um, they played at X Fest, and I really didn't uh, have any interest in them. And I think I missed almost that whole whole thing. I mean, we. I mean, who else was on that uh, ticket? Ah, uh, shoot. Um, oh yeah, this one. Who could forget? Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. 
I forgot, this was the area of, of rap rock, too, I remember. Because you had them, you had P.O.D. And, of course, you had Alicia Keys, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many tracks. I mean, I can play on this whole top 100 I'm looking at that I'm just not going to do. Oh, there's uh, Craig David, Fill Me In. That was another nice jam as well. No, is there anything else I can play that's really worth it? Mm, there's Uchi Wally from uh, Nas. Yeah, I'm not doing that one. Uh, Limp Bizkit, my way. Yeah, I'm not playing any Limp Bizkit. I, was never, I wasn't really much of a Limp Bizkit fan. I mean, I, I mean uh, this... Um, not too long ago, they, it was the anniversary of them releasing $3 Bill, y'all. And I enjoyed that album, but when I heard the album after that, the, the one they released in 99, it just, I was like, what is this? But anyways, guys, yeah, this is going to be a boring podcast. It's expansion. I'm talking about songs from 2001. I'm living in the past. And that's about it. Um... You know, I'm sure we're going to have a whole bunch of more um, conference expansion takes like we always do. And I'm seeing a whole bunch of them. And they're just, uh, you know, we're not going to, um, yeah, whatever. Anyways, hell to pick, guys. Talk to you later. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack. And the shoulder like a passing lane? Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.